It's a beautiful day in vegan world. Vegan world. Beautiful day in Berkeley, California. It's the fifteenth uh, of November. Welcome to Bridget. That's McKay. Oh my God! It's so hard to not abuse animals. Carnies can fuck themselves. Don't fuck themselves. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the pre-shift it's in berkeley california this is the last one in berkeley california and i'm so bummed it's in berkeley california is it so hard not to abuse animals what do you think i don't think so do you have your carny tears ready because uh today is <laughs> today is what is today it's it's the 15th of november and that means that it is national education support professionals day National Education Support Professionals. Can you believe it's come? It seems like only last year that it was National Support Education and Support Professionals Day. It's National Spicy Hermit Cookie Day. I don't even know what a hermit cookie is. It's National Raisin Brand Day. National Clean Out Your Refrigerator Day. Well, that one I'm going to celebrate because I'm going to leave an Airbnb. And you know when you leave an Airbnb, you have to take everything out of the refrigerator and put it in a cooler. And then we're going to take that cooler and we're going to drive it all the way to University of California, Irvine. It's National Philanthropy Day. Do you think? Yeah, it's National Philanthropy. Veganism is a philanthropic movement, right? Sort of. Yeah, it is. National Spicy Hermit Cookie Day. I don't know what that is. I'm going to bring on Jess McKay. Maybe he knows what the heck that is. Are you ready, Jess? I was going to wait until half the half hour, but since you're here, Hey, I was I was happy to wait, but I'm also happy to be here and say good morning to the vegan ears. How's everybody doing today? I think everyone. I, I I'm, it seems like Gorick is here and uh, Anthony March is here. Jonesy LaFay, Jackie Boyle, everyone. Oh, even Tim Mammals in the motherfucking house. So you know, like mother freaking how god dang it i don't know Gosh, what a spicy it. hermit cookie is but it seems like a lot of these national days are just like regional foods uh the other day it was national scrapple day I, I, did you see yeah, that and I that's just a regional that. food uh so <laughs> but i think it's good to have a regional food day because it like it, it expands your maybe not scrapple obvi but like you know uh the idea that national hermit cookie day i can go what is it it's an old-fashioned cookie Cloves, allspice, cinnamon, nutmeg, and the added bonuses are raisin, nuts, and dates. I mean, that, it looks delicious. Right? Yeah. I mean, the way I yeah. see it, like, if, if I've never heard of a – oh, shit, there, where'd you go? If, if I never heard of a uh, Spicy Hermit Day, on National Spicy Hermit Day, I go, oh, that's what it is. I never heard that. It expands I was my mind. I was imagining, like, a crab that just ate a habanero pepper. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> this is so I need a cookie. Anyway. <laughs> Why'd you give me that cookie, you damn? Why'd you give me a spicy habanero, you <sighs> humans? Now I want another bite. Want another this bite is She's being really wriggly. She's being wriggly? Yeah. She seems to 
enjoy life is she enjoying yeah. life she's enjoying life she's got some uh, anxiety uh for anybody who doesn't know i was uh fanny and i recently adopted this dog and it's uh before we got the dog i said to fanny i was like fanny you know we're 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 accepting another individual into our home it's like a whole other person that's going to have wants and needs and desires and fears and the fear is the big thing for her she is like as you can see right now she's with me she's happy she's sweet she's chilling she has no idea that she's being broadcast online right now uh, yeah. but when she is by herself, she cries, she gets pretty scared. A lot of the times when we're outside, she'll get frightened of just the environmental things that are, you know, a scooter, for example, someone on a scooter will, will scare her. So it's very easy for her to go from feeling comfortable to feeling terrified. And for us, it's really difficult to see her when it's, when she's terrified. Cause we're, you know, we're the people who are taking care of her. So we want her to be having a good experience in this world. And it just reminds me again and again that like, you know, we're taking care of this individual, but there's literally billions of other individuals, individual, and I'm, I'm using that word. Uh, and when a vegan uses the word individual, what they mean is it's a whole person inside of this yeah. little body, you know, so every pig has a personality. They talk about that in Pulp Fiction, you know, it's like, yeah. doesn't, doesn't one of them say like, oh, I can't eat a, you know, that pig would have to have a lot of personality. It'd have to be <laughs> Green like, Acres, I'm talking, I'm yeah. talking 10 times more charming than Al Arnold and Green Acres. Yeah. So, so, but the idea is maybe we're just not sensitive enough to understand the personality of like a cow or a chicken. And, and, you know, listening to Chris's album, Sweet Goose, you know, he talked about that song Isla, which is the title track. It's about a yeah. hen. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a beautiful song about friendship and togetherness and love and not romantic love, but it's just like, it makes me cry every time. And, and it's about a hen and it's easy for us to forget that these animals are individuals. And I think maybe people who have pets are a good, and listen, I'm using the terminology, have pet, whatever. How dare means. you say pet on this show? You know how hardcore I am about using yeah. words like that. How dare you? How, how what dare I you use the language of the oppressor? It's, it's, it's an easy, it might be an easy way in to get people to recognize the individuals and the personalities. And it's like, there's something to that. I don't want to eat something with a personality. Well, maybe we just need to become more sensitive to that. And to that end, a really great article came out. I think I sent it to you this week um, about AI learning how animals can speak. And, yes. uh, and we, we talked about this on our future voice show months ago. And we said that this is something that they're probably going to start doing soon. And Hey, here it is. It's happening. So there's researchers that are trying to, they have micro. So there's, there's two things happening at once. Number one, we have this AI revolution where we can, uh, where we can take data and interpret it in a way like we've never been able to do before. And then on the other side, we have cheap microphones and cheap sensor technology. So what they're doing is they're all over the ocean. They're putting little microphones and sensors and things like that. And they're listening to the whales and they are using AI to map whale language. And it's interesting. They found, and obviously this is obvious, but like, you know how humans, we have like French, English, Spanish, whales have a similar thing. Uh, where it's like, yeah, they're still a whale, they're still speaking, but that's like a very specific dialect. Yeah, we've known that for a long time that whales have different languages, that their songs are are sung differently so that they can't actually, different pods can't communicate with one another. And like, that, so that when something is popular with an orca pod in this part of the ocean, they know that this other pod is not going to do it because they don't communicate whatsoever. Isn't that weird? They, they build yeah. their own cultures as well. 
And yeah, so, like the orcas that are like you know taking down these these uh yeah you know, these ships. That's so interesting to me, and it's so cool that like again, Chris's song is about that essentially. Uh, but I think about once, the orcas, yeah, there's orcas destroying yachts now. Yeah, <laughs> like I th I think it's going to be much more difficult for people to justify doing what we do to animals when a cow is going to be able to like communicate in some sort of way that is. Do you see what I mean? It's yeah. like it's easy for someone to say, "Oh yeah, it's just a dumb cow," but if the cows they're like, uh, actually I have thoughts. Uh, let's, let's get into this. That might yeah, be. Yeah. And I think we're so much closer. Like, so I don't know if I, if you heard that I was, I had dinner with a vegan who's working on prosthetics and, um, it's really interesting because she's in a field that typically, uh, was once kind of rife with animal experimentation. And now she's trying to use AI and, um, and printing technology to make custom non-intrusive prosthetics the AI uses to kind of infer what you're trying to accomplish. So like because of the movement of your arm and the muscles that you're using, AI can determine that you're trying to grip or that you're trying to point wow. based on so many other factors. I think that's that, like the AI can live in your prosthesis and can, can deter, can, can determine based on just, implications of your movements and your like parts of your even your expressions it can know what you're doing so that it can be part of you unbelievable yeah. well and it's like so we're using this now to to help people who are missing a limb right yeah. what if we started using things like this to like enhance humans so it's like now i've got an extra arm you know maybe it's not exactly that yeah i just don't know how we would yeah i mean i think that that's probably where we're going i just don't know how ai would be able like this is such a huge step already because we the person knows what it feels like to have an arm and so they can the ai can know what they want to do with an arm that sh should have could have would have been there mm-hmm I don't know if that would work with people with birth defects, but people who have lost limbs, definitely. And like, well, yeah. sorry to interrupt. You know, you, we've all seen images of like an, a man with like wings coming out of his back. Like, you know, the, yeah. the typical like angel sort of thing, right? Can you imagine what muscles you would have to use to like get your wings to come out and expand and do that? Can you, can you feel that? Cause I can feel that sort of. <laughs> like, it's just yeah, I guess so. Know what I mean? But it's there. So even with stuff that we haven't ever had, I think it's possible that like we're going to be able to do this, you know, and it's going to be help people at work, you know, and we already have versions of that where it's like you, you can lift heavier objects because there's oh, yeah, they do have like the forklift, like the, uh, uh, like the Ripley, what's it? What was her like? Uh, the the aliens, oh, like the Gordon yeah. forklift suit. They already are building those. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like they, they, they were, they're prophetic. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the sad thing about it for me is that what's probably going to happen is that those, you know, wing suits and things like that, they'll put monkeys in them first and they'll operate on raccoons like Rocky Raccoon. This is the thing that I'm trying to fight against. If we're going to if, if if human beings are going to foray into this new you know, frontier, then we should leave the animals out of it. They don't they, they're not going with us. So leave them out of the well, fucking yeah. equation. Like stop, stop using them. I mean, That's another thing that AI is great for. You know, we don't have to do all yeah. these tests on animals. We can do it in a virtual environment. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I got, did I talk about Leica last week when I was on the show? Cause I got emotional over Leica. You know who Leica is? Of course she, she went to, she went to space. She went to, mm -hmm. she was the first dog in space. 
And what they did to that poor dog, because yeah. having a, my dog, you know, uh, Faye here, she looks her a lot face like kind of looks like Leica. Mm -hmm. So I read Leica's story after I got Faye and I weeped. I wept. Dude, there's an amazing, um, it's usually at the library. It's a, a an amazing graphic novel about Leica's life. And it's, it seems a comic book. It's unbelievable. It's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was so, I was so, she, she was a, she was a stray dog. Yeah. And she just, she must have been so scared up there all alone. That's what I kept thinking. Um, all alone in space. Yeah. Think about the rocket ship to take her up into, up into the, <sighs> so loud and so scary and so alone and just like, you know. Yeah. But, having, having people yell Russian at her, that's scary enough. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard Russians speak. They it's talk that they're scary. Russians yeah. are scary. I, I grew seen... up in the 80s. And they were they that's who we that's who we used as the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like that it is was definitely ringed. only 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 Jess McKay is going to weep over a dog that died uh 95 years ago. But yeah, <laughs> someone else will. Someone else has 70 years, 75 years. How long ago was it? 65 years ago, a long time ago. Long time I found ago. out that the um <laughs> yesterday that insulin was isolated in 1923 to a hundred years ago and still on college websites, they're using insulin as the reason why we need to operate and vivisect animals. Like it happened a hundred years mm -hmm. ago. What happened a hundred years ago is not a good excuse. It's unbelievable wow. for me. I mean, Mike's a vegan beast. Yeah. Uh, Arnold told me, see you at the party, Richter. Sorry, that's one of my favorite quotes from, from Total Recall. See you at the party, Richter. That movie's so it. good. That that original movie. Um, hey, I got worked up yesterday, and uh, I I don't know what it's like for all the other vegans out there, but oftentimes this happens where you see something or hear something, and it gets you all worked up. And the mm. thing I got worked up about yesterday was this milk ad with Queen Latifah. Yes, that was a uh, we had it on the show yesterday. That was fun. Uh, no, I didn't even it. watch it. Here's the thing: I didn't even watch it, and it still oh. worked me up. And and here's why. So the Aubrey Plaza milk ad got milk, wood milk thing that happened. And uh, the yeah, vegan community really had a pretty big reaction to that because we saw it as them like sort of mocking us or whatever. But also beyond that, it was mocking the idea that like we would want to do something that's not only better for animals, for the planet. Anyway, all this stuff. Aubrey took a lot of heat for that to the point where she ended up taking that post down off of her Instagram page. And when that happened, I've. I felt a little bit like, all right, that's that's a win. You know what? Mm -hmm. Milk industry, too bad for you. And then not even a month after that, Queen Latifah's up doing an ad for the same ad agency with the same ad campaign. And it's like, okay, I got a couple questions. Number one, did Queen Latifah's people not see what happened to Aubrey after I this? Because I don't think that was good for her. Because now still, you go on Aubrey Plaza's Instagram on random posts, people are calling her a dairy industry shill and an yeah. animal abuse uh, proponent, and they're not wrong. No, and uh, yeah, so I went, I went from not caring too much about her, but thinking she's kind of funny or whatever, to mm -hmm. fuck her because yeah. that's you know. And uh, Queen Latifah, the same thing. I worked with Queen Latifah, and she was delightful. We worked together on the Little Mermaid live, and we worked together. We were in the same room. I was doing puppetry. She was, but she was nice. She was. She sat with the you know with the crew and the actors, and she was she was a nice person. And yeah. now that she's done this, I don't really like her anymore. And it's. No. it's 
it's like, do you understand what you're actually promoting when you do a milk, a got milk ad? Because there's a lot of suffering that goes into that. And, and it's tangible, actually happening. We can look at it, point at it and see it and, and off empathize with its suffering. Uh, and it's happening on a massive scale and it's completely unnecessary and avoidable. And so, sure, go on Queen Latifah's page. Tell her what you think. Comment on that until she has to disable her comments and take that post down. But there's a much has more important. Not? I wonder if she has already. Oh, yeah, exactly. Maybe she has already. Um, but there's a much more important. Uh, 68,000 likes. Yeah. All right. Well, that's not too many. Anyway, but how I strongly us? feel is we have these celebrities that are taking the heat. Everybody's going and commenting on Aubrey's page and Queen Latifah's page. Well, here's a really cool thing, right? The. There's people standing behind this ad who we don't see. There's an ad director. There's a head of the agency. There's an influencer marketing manager. There's a hundred people who work for the ad agency that mm -hmm. produced this ad. And you can go on LinkedIn. You can search the name of the ad agency. You can find the people who work at that ad agency. And you can know it's them because you'll see they're bragging about the milk campaign they're working on. Mm -hmm. And you can let them know that you are going to hold them personally accountable. And what that means is, hey, I'm going to go on your page and I'm going to tell everybody what you're doing. I'm going to post some cow. I'm going to post what really happens to cows on your posts. And I'm going to do that relentlessly. I'm going to I'm going to just make it. I'm going to be like, I'm sorry, because you chose to be a part of this ad campaign. Well, it's crazy. Did you you still haven't seen it? Because it's it's about being shamed for drinking milk. I can't believe you haven't watched it, Jess. I think I heard some clips from it. It was milk shaming, right? Yeah, it's a milk shaming thing. But it's 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 ironic because it's like, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. We're milk shaming you. Yeah, but I mean, we're hold on. You gotta watch others. it. You gotta watch it. Most hold Americans on. have tried it at least once. Some people drink it every day, but recently, dairy deniers all over America are subjecting dairy them to deniers. milk shaming. Just listen to these stories. I'm on a first date. Everything's going good. So this guy, like, why did they pick this? This guy is the pinnacle of health, the milk drinker. Doesn't this seem like maybe yeah. not the person? Like, and honestly, let's say, so okay, weird. let's be real. Okay, because I have actually heard this now that I'm I'm realizing I did see this. Um, okay. But let's be real for a second. Okay. If you're on a first date, if I'm on a first date with someone and they order a big old glass of milk to go with their meal, that's our last date. Also, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, no one... it, it's it's for a lava cake. It's a dessert, and he ordered a glass of milk, and it's fucking disgusting. I used to, so you know, I used to work in restaurants and hospitality, and like, if someone ordered a glass of milk, it was like, you psychopath. Yeah. Even, like, all the meat eaters were like, "Ooh, you're drinking a glass of milk at a That's restaurant." That's how they signal psychopaths in films. It's a trope. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. ass trope. You yeah. know, so it's yeah. not just and that's not just from the vegans. That's just because people are like, it's creepy. And for example, in Get Out, it happens because they want to show how white people can uh, can process milk differently. Yeah. And so it's like he's this evil ass white dude just having a or white chick having a glass of milk anyway. Um, well, yeah. And there's also, yeah. you know, of course, Alex and um, and Clockwork Orange. And anytime there's a psychopath who goes into a bar in order, let's always mm -hmm. in the in the, uh, in the cowboy movies, everyone's drinking whiskey, and the one psychopath goes, "I have a glass of milk." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, we're shaming you, and we're shaming you for the animal abuse that is necessitated by your milk. It's not, we don't care what the fuck you drink. I don't care, drink coconut milk, oat milk, soy milk, almond milk, water, do what you want. But the second you start hurting another individual unnecessarily, then I'm sorry, I have something to say about that. And I actually think that that's a value and an ideal that a lot of people agree with. You know, it's like people get honor for going off to war and defending us, you know, thank yeah. you for your service, right? That's vegans are doing the same thing. It's thank you for your service for the animals, because Benji, what we're doing you. is helping to protect this thing. Oh, thanks, Benji. Benji, glass of milk. <laughs> Benji, if you're listening on the podcast, Benji just bought us a glass of milk here on. Uh... But just, Benji just got me a glass of milk for two euros. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Benji. It is a red flag, though. You're right. No. It's a it's a glaring red flag. Someone orders a fucking gl glass of milk anywhere. It's like, mm -hmm. run. Well, and our tax money is paying for that ad. That ad is being paid for in part by our tax money because it's yeah. being paid for by the milk industry, which is heavily subsidized by our tax dollars. Well, it's probably it's probably I think that ad is definitely funded by the USDA, right? So it's it's the milk dairy farmers of America who are getting or who are getting money from the USDA who are hiring. So the money goes to the USDA, the USDA money goes to the, to the dairy farmers of America, the dairy farmers of America pay the ad agency, the ad agency makes the ad. Yeah. 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 Um, but at the the money. It, yeah. At the end of it, there's a lot of people making money off of the suffering of others. Uh, and it's unnecessary because listen, that's the key point, you know, because a lot of people come back and say, well, vegans, you guys are also participating in hurting animals because of crop deaths, X, Y, Z. And it's you like, live in a, you you're live right. In a house. You're right. You're right. We are. But is it unnecessary? Is it necessary? Because I can, I consider something necessary when it's like, am I going to be able to live without this? And I, the way our world, like you're right, the way our world is structured right now, it's just not possible to. Well, also like the, the, the crop death thing, accidental, accidental deaths in, in crop fields or whatever uh, does not, does not justify um, raping and killing and raising billions of animals for slaughter. I mean, it's just, it's such an idiotic point of view that like, oh, well, you, you vegans are doing bad things too. It's like, mm -hmm. that's like saying, uh, you know, <laughs> I guess Hitler could have been like, you Americans aren't so, your hands aren't as clean as yours as you think it they are. So yeah, but... We're not doing that, Hitler. <laughs> like, yeah, we're not well, doing that. You know, and there's, yeah, it's, we... Anyway, I, yeah. Um, but Scott, anyway, how do you feel about the idea of going onto LinkedIn, searching for the ad agency, which is called Gale, G-A-L-E, and we don't have to do this now on the show, but how would you feel if our if our viewers or if everybody in the vegan movement started doing this? Search for the ad agency, G-A-L-E. They have offices all over and find some people who have worked on that milk campaign and let them know, let them know how you feel about the fact that they're promoting animal abuse. I mean, they I don't expect like it. This idea. I mean, they don't I, expect I like it. They're happy to have Aubrey take the heat and they're going to go and hang out and drive their Tesla and go get burgers for lunch until the vegans start showing up on their social media because that's something we can do. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, th I think if, if we can figure out who worked on these on these ads and be like, hey, you know, you're, you're propagandist for an evil corporate, an evil, um, an evil empire of, of, of torture and murder. I mean, I think perfectly reasonable or just post something to you don't even have to be so uh so kind of harassment you don't have to really harass them very much you just could post a post a video about where the milk comes from send them a link to yeah. don't.org
you know, and just yeah. target them that way. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Exactly. Stuff like that. Um, the true milk shaming campaign. Let's go. Let's actually let's actually milk shame. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's actually would, milk shame. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks for thanks for the idea. Uh, Queen Gail. Great, Gail. great ad copy there. You gave us Thank a great you, idea. Let's milk shaming campaign. I want to have a T-shirt that says milk shamer. <laughs> milk shamer. Yeah. And people will be like, what does that mean? It'll be like, you, you want to get into it? Um, yeah. Mike, the musical vegan. Uh, they did do an ad with got silk for a while because they did. Um, they took the Nepo babies from people who had done milk commercials 20 oh, years funny. ago and did the silk commercials with the milk mustache. And it said mm. got silk. And it was all of the scions of the celebrities who had been in milk commercials of your you know, like I think Tony yeah. Hawk's kid was in there and John Travolta's kid. I can't remember all of the ones that did it, but yeah, got silk campaign was, they did do that. And it was, I think it was brilliant because it was all celebrities kids. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. these celebrities did milk commercials with the milk mustache. And now you are uh, now the, now their kids uh, the next generation won't drink milk because it's disgusting. <laughs> it yeah. is disgusting um do you, what do you think about let's do the word of the day what do you think i love words you love words today the word of the day is chimera okay it's a monster with a lion's head a goat's body and a snake's tail yeah fire breathing monster that has a lion's head a goat's body and a snake's tail <laughs> it can refer to something such as an aspiration that exists only in the imagination and is not possible mm. in reality so i always call this a unicorn really the fantasy is a utopian chimera but there are real improvements for the town that can be made a chimera mm. Mm. alas that's good yeah nirvana has proved to be a chimera for years consumer advocates maintained that giving subscribers a la carte options from cable menus instead of the one size fits all model would save people money it's a chimera that's true god remember when we had cable and it was just one thing we paid and it was actually somehow now cheaper than what we're doing now with this a la carte shit. God damn yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, cable was, uh, was pretty great compared to what we have now. Uh, yeah. It, I, I, it's weird that we had, it's gotten worse. I thought it was going to get better and it's only, I like this worse. word. I've seen this word a lot. And it's one of those words in my life that I've always just been like, eh, but I could. I love the chimera. That the, a vegan world might seem like a chimera, but I'm here well, to tell you it isn't. Uh, you're right. Here's what I mean when I say, eh, I, I just never knew what it meant. Do you ever do that? You see, you have a word, you just don't know what it means, but you're like, I'll look you up later. You beautiful little word. Yeah. I don't need to understand <laughs> what you mean to keep reading this sentence. Uh, maybe, but I'm kind of a weirdo <laughs> when it comes to this stuff. So I think that I'd probably just look it up immediately if I encountered a word that I didn't understand. Yeah, you're a word guy. You you like went to uh, school for words. I did. I went to school. I went to word school. That's what they called it. I went to the word department. It was pretty awesome. Uh, speaking of which, well, let's look at this. Uh, did you know in the in heads and in head and shoulders she was like a lion, in back and tail a snake, and in the middle a she goat, and she breathed a dreadful blast, a blazing fire. So did Homer describe a fearsome chimera in the Iliad, as translated by scholar Emily Wilson. The chimera terrorized people. Are still in 2023? People are still translating the Iliad. I mean, why are we still translating this thing? The chimera terrorized the people of Lycia until slain by a hero, Bellerophon. Um, but the beast lived on in people's imaginations, and English speakers adopted her name for any monster similarly composed of the different parts of animals. Later, chimera took on 
diff, another meaning that is common in today's lexicon, an illusion of the mind, especially an unrealized dream, the sense of a chimera is often used to refer to fantasy or delusion. I love it. Yeah. Chimera. That's yeah, a great word. I'm going to use it today a lot in my activism. Chimera. This isn't a chimera. So, no. yeah, I, I I think it's it's brilliant that to use words like that. You know, yesterday um, they were taking down spray paint that was on the. All right, I was at Berkeley, my my alma mater, and I was I was blessed. I felt blessed being here for the last. I'm so I'm sad that I'm leaving. I mean, I'm really glad that I'm leaving because I'm going to see Karina tonight. But I'm sad that I'm leaving because, man, I love this area. I if I had a million dollars, I'd just move to fucking – I'd move to Oakland and I'd live here. Um, but I was on campus talking with people, and there was like a pro-Hamas um, uh, demonstration. Pro-Hamas? Well, you know what I mean. It was like – No, I don't. I, I, I don't think – I have never seen on a college campus a pro-Hamas demonstration. Well <clears> – <throat> I've Let's seen Palestinian we, rights, you know, marches and stuff like that. But anyway, I'm just making that distinction because it's. I'll it's say as soon one. as I hear, as soon as I hear the words "from the river to the sea," that's a pro-Hamas movement. It's "from the river to the sea" means no more Israel, kill all the Jews. That's what that term means. Like, yeah, and there's we sh and, and and I don't support that, obviously. But as and soon I don't as think you say yeah. that shit. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's rough because it's like. Oh. And then there's people on on both sides though that are are calling for genocide, you know. So it's it's yeah, a difficult Hamas thing. Is definitely calling for genocide. Yeah, and Netanyahu is too. And right, his whole I, I, regime has been doing that for years, and he's the president of Israel that has many more resources, you know. So well, it's if, not if Netanyahu wanted to commit a, a genocide, he would have. That's what he's it, doing right now. How? You don't know what's happening in Gaza right now? Over ten thousand people have been killed in the past month. Civilians, 11, children. Eleven thousand people is a lot of is a is a huge number of people. Um, but if if they wanted to commit a genocide, they would have by now. I'm not saying I'm defending any of these actions. By the way, um, I've said Netanyahu is a fascist for the last fifteen years. I've been calling Netanyahu a fascist. I'll say Netanyahu's a fascist many more times in my life because guess what? Netanyahu is a fascist. Um, but the government of Israel has Arabs in the, is in the friggin in the, in parliament. They have women in parliament. They have gays don't get their heads chopped off in Israel. Women can vote in Israel. It's, it's simply not this evil empire. I know that something really horrible is happening right now. And I, I am against violence. I will not condone those actions ever, ever. But when I see a demonstration on a college campus and they're saying from the river to the sea and talking about wiping out Israel, how am I supposed to take that protest? What are they protesting for? What do they want? Do they and think I, that that's what that's what it means when they say that? Because I've heard that before. And I've I thought at first before I knew that that's what it meant. I thought it meant they just wanted the land back. Well, what is the land back? How would you get the land back? You'd have to eliminate Israel. Well, and kill all the Jews. That's how that's how you get the land back. I mean, that's one way of of considering it, but I'm sure a lot of uh, like normal Palestinian normal Palestinian people like aren't, you know, violent normal extremists who want to kill everybody, you know? You're right. Normal Palestinian people like like the days of Netanyahu where a two-state solution 
was clearly the the way forward, you know, but that's not who's in charge. The PLO isn't in charge. Hamas is in charge of 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 Palestine. And that rhetoric of two of two um two state solution is gone. River to the sea is a one state solution where Palestine exists and Israel does not. That's what that means. And it's well, like you know- yeah. Like Netanyahu and his and his staff have talked about how Hamas is a useful thing for them. Yeah, I know. I fucking and so and so has the rest of and so has the rest of the Arab world, the Islamic world. They don't support, but they do. They use them as a tool to fight the Israels because they hate Jews. Like so, all of yeah. I think what, what I guess what I'm responding to in in making that clarification that it's it, not necessarily pro Hamas rally is I see that in a lot of discussions about this people are painting with a very broad brush and i think it's important to make a distinction that like and i'm not saying you're doing this at all but there's plenty of good people who are also like not in support of israel and what they're doing right now and that's not to say that they're pro hamas and and i'm not taking like i personally think both sides are dumb and wrong like that's my that's my take Uh, that's my take for since the beginning of this that they need to find a non-violent solution um, and that's why that's why uh, Yasser Arafat won the Nobel Peace Prize was because he was looking for a peaceful solution and a two state solution. Yeah. One where a compromise where neither party is completely happy. Right. I mean, that's always going to be. And then they assassinated him. And they assassinated him. And yeah. Netanyahu's party was implicated in that assassination. So a lot of. A lot of people were implicated in that assassination. So was Hamas implicated. Uh, there was all sorts of, yeah, I mean, the anyway. mean, I mean, it was, it was, there's a lot. And some people say it wasn't an assassination at all. They exhumed his body and like, I mean, but, a lot has gone down since. I think as saying- vegan people, sorry to interrupt. I think because we're a vegan show, from a vegan perspective, this whole thing is really kind of um, silly because vegan is a movement for nonviolence. It's a movement for justice. Yeah. Um, and I think if if the leaders in in this in what's happening in the Middle East, if those people were vegan and they were living vegan ideals, we wouldn't be having this violence right now. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And not to not to get too deeply into it, because I think I've made my position on this so clear over and over again that I I think that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is a fascist and an immoral person who is in charge of a country that doesn't want to be in this war. I think that Hamas is an immoral group that doesn't that that is in charge of a country that does not want to be in this war and they are and the people are used as pawns on both sides and that's unjust so but when i see a protest on a campus <laughs> back to that like forget about the actual the actual facts of the or the or the actual conflict i have been on campuses since this started and i've been going from campus to campus and looking at different protests and I remember when it first started, I was like, well, we're going to see a lot of protests on this on this journey. And it's true. Every single campus we were at, there was an Israel uh, an Israel march or a Palestine march. I will say this, that when the Palestines, when the Palestine groups march, they are talking about killing all the Jews. When the Palest- when the Israelis march, they're talking about stop the war, free the free the hostages. Mm-hmm. That's a different friggin' message from these protest groups. And forget about what's happening in Israel and Palestine. The protest groups in America, what the protest groups in America are saying is fucking bonkers. Like, well, wh- wh- how do you feel about Jewish Voice for Peace, for example? I mean, 
uh, how should I feel about it? How do you feel about it? Well, it's not about how we should feel, but some people I've seen, like on the Israeli side, I've seen people lump Jewish Voice for Peace and supporters of that into the Palestinian Hamas. Like if you're a Jewish Voice for Peace, you're supporting what Hamas did. I've seen that. And I think that that is yeah, unreasonable. Yeah. So, so when we have, when we say there's a Palestinian support protest, like there's, there's different, it's, it's a spectrum of what's happening out there and what people are saying about this. That is very, very true. I'm, I, I guess like, let me, let me get even more granular. The protests I'm seeing on campuses, because that's all I've been, I've been basically spending all day on campuses for the last three months. And what I'm seeing is this, 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 these protests, what they're saying, what they're, what they're doing, they're vandalizing, which, you know, I, I'm not totally against vandalism. It was a bit bummy. It was a bit of a bummer that they took the English building and they spray painted the words complicit all over it. And it's the English department. How's the English department complicit yeah. in what's happening? There? It's like my well, building, my English department. Building. There's so much anger in America because of our historical injustices that have happened here via colonialism and slavery and all these things that I think that this thing is sort of a powder keg and people see it and they're like, well, I'm anti-colonialist. So obviously I'd be on the side of the indigenous, you know, and so it becomes something that it's, it's more nuanced than what it is. So not to, not to, uh, not to make excuses for anybody who's saying dumb stuff and violent things out there, but I think that there's a lot of, and, and also it's college students. So like sometimes they are not fully formed uh, yeah. people yet, but anyway, I totally a hundred percent believe you first and uh, am astounded that that sort of rhetoric is happening in the open. And, and, and that's like, man, what it's hard. It's on? like, I was talking to um, Muslims, students of the Cal Berkeley Muslim Students Association yesterday. And we didn't, I, I intentionally did not bring up anything that was going on there. I'm, we kind of talked about veganism and animals and, and uh, halal and that. And we had a for perfectly, you know, respectful conversation. It was short, but it was something that I just was like, hey, how you guys, how do you, and they were even t talking about how like in Berkeley, there are a lot of vegan Muslims and this and that, you know, it was a pretty cool. I wish I had it recorded, but you know, Pixar didn't happen, right? But <clears throat> and I'm not saying that all Muslims are one way or that all pal people who support Palestine are one way. I'm nearly kind of bummed out. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that this has turned into not a I'm against colonialism. So therefore, I support who, whomever, by the way, because both have a claim on to, to, to call both have a claim that they were indigenous there for I was there first firsties. Both both are saying that. But what bum what bums me out is that this American version where you pick a side and that's your side, no matter what else happens, you're that's I'm red or I'm blue, and that's how we do it in America, and that's the dumbest way of doing it. Yeah. If, if we should learn anything, it's that this is a nuanced situation that requires a little bit of chess skill and not just what we the normal, the normal, you know. <laughs> systems normal in America where it's like, well, nope, I'm Republican and that's it. I will not hear further facts. I'm Democrat yeah. and that's it. I will not hear much anything else. That's that's what we do here. We we pick a side and we we're in that gang and it's bullshit. Did I tell you about my nature preserve idea? 
So when I worked at an elementary school, if there were two kids that were like fighting over a ball and they were both kind of being jerks about it, I would just take the ball away and say, go do something else. And I know that this is not a workable solution. And I actually went through this with GPT, but I was like, you know what? We need to take all this land and say, sorry, everybody. Uh, you know, Jewish people go back to Europe. Uh, Germany's going to take you. Uh, yeah. Palestinians go over here. Everybody's gone. This is our, this is nature preserve now. I, I don't I like think it. that that would work for a lot of reasons. No, I don't think but I like so it either. too. Um, I think that that would be land. great. They do love the holy <laughs> land. We're turning it back into the Garden of Eden. People can't let go of that holy land. It's so important to everybody. I mean, that's the other yeah. thing. I keep on coming back to the, the thing I keep also going back to is like religion is bullshit and I don't believe, oh. you know. Okay. Can we talk about, okay, I really want to talk about money and cash and what yeah. we write on our money here in the United States. And in different places, we write things on our money. But here in the United States, they write right now in God we trust on yeah, all of the their 50s. money. Yeah. And and so it's since the 50s, right? Do you know right. what sort of stuff they used to write on our money before then? <laughs> um, uh, better stuff. Better. Better yeah. stuff. Um, so like my favorite coin is called a peace dollar. Do you know the peace dollar? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was produced from 1921 to 1928, and then again in 1934 and 1935. And it was it was a peace dollar, like peace, like anti-war, and it was a response yeah. to what happened in World War One. They they saw that it was so terrible that they never wanted anything like that again. And on the front is Lady Liberty, and I'm like, is that the same Lady Liberty from the Statue of Liberty? Yes, it is. Yep, and Lady there it is, right there. And then on the back we have um, it's an eagle I think that is holding a um, holding some sort olive of branch olive branch exactly which is a sign of peace and then on the bottom it actually says peace um, so it's 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 beautiful they've actually started producing them again but like only like rare ones from the mint or whatever but this is this used to be the regular money that people would carry around a chunk of silver and um, it does say in God we trust on it though oh does it yeah. Where does it say that? 1921. The 1921 in God We Trust. Oh, you're right. It does. Okay, I take it back. They all say in God We Trust. Um, but it says peace on it. So that's the important part for me. So um, I know that I, did, I thought it was the 50s, but I know they started putting in God We Trust after um, the Soviet Revolution because they mm -hmm. wanted to. We were doing a lot of shit that they were doing, like the Pledge of Allegiance. They were doing the Pledge of Allegiance. That we did what, whatever we did, they were doing. It was we were too similar. So the, the big thing that Marx called for was the abolition of churches. So we were like, no, in God we trust. We're mm. Christian. Yeah. So that's kind of took its little foothold in our money and everywhere. So else. anyway, I hadn't checked the in God we trust. I was wrong about that, and that's totally wrong. Um, but it does have liberty. It has peace, and we don't write peace on our money anymore. How cool would it be if you could pick out a coin and it just said peace? Right now, you're more likely to pick out a coin, and they're going to be commemorating some sort of war thing, like in our quarter series. It's a lot of war stuff that they're yeah, battlegrounds and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that that's important, and all that stuff is interesting. You know, we want to tell different stories, but also. Uh, one of the uh, big stories we should tell is just let's be peaceful, let's be kind, let's be just. Imagine if we could have actual currency that said, you know, be nice to animals on it. Like that'd, that'd be, be kind of cool. nice. The kindness to animals, that'd be good. Yeah. Be kind to animals coin. I love it. Yeah. Um, Maybe we can make our own. I would love to. That'd be, oh, yeah, a vegan, of course, coin. Uh, yeah, VOC. A special token. <laughs> yeah, a, a challenge coin. Mm hmm. You know, like the like the ones that you can be commemorative coins. Why not? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I, I read a quote this week that I loved and uh, I don't love, I don't know if Justin Roiland wrote it or not, but it's from Rick and Morty. But anyway, it's uh, Rick. And he says, your booze mean nothing to me. I've heard what you cheer for. <laughs> I love that. Your booze mean nothing. That's really great because the, I've seen what you cheer for, the, yeah. the affirmation of the day is something very similar to that. That's great. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And, 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 it, and it applied to me as a vegan. I think it's I've seen what you cheer for. Your booze mean nothing to me. I've seen what you cheer for. And a lot yeah. of the time, carnists and non-vegans will come at us and say, you're doing it wrong. Boo to you, vegans. And I'm like, your booze mean nothing to me. I've seen what you cheer for. You cheer for animal abuse. You cheer for bacon. So I don't I don't care. Your booze mean nothing to me. Yeah, your booze, your booze, dude, booze are nothing. <laughs> you mean nothing. I've seen what you cheer for, you heathens. I, I have a question for you, Sky. Do you think that non-vegans deserve compassion? Ooh, I mean, I guess. <laughs> because this came up on uh, Carnism Debunked uh, this week, I had a quote from Gary Yarovsky saying that they didn't, it was essentially, um, you know, yeah, those who I mean, do violence deserve no compassion. Uh, and uh, I definitely think that I, I believe that everyone deserves some compassion and grace, but like the idea that if they're currently, okay, it depends when, it depends when. So does the person shoving the knife into a pig's throat deserve compassion? No. Does the person who's um, benighted and ignorant uh, waiting in line at McDonald's deserve compassion? Maybe, maybe, because they don't so know what they're doing. I, I had a, I had a Jesus question about the the, Jesus on the cross said, forgive them father for they know. Yeah. Not what they're doing. And I think that that's an important idea in Christianity and it's, and here's why. Um, so I, I looked up this morning, what's the distinction between empathy and compassion? And it's a, it's a, Empathy is like understanding how someone else feels and like, you know, trying to you know, empathize, right? We all know what that means. And compassion takes empathy a step further and means that not just only are you going to empathize for this person, but you are going to wish them goodwill and you're going to want the best for them, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important. Empathy is always important, I think. I, I don't I, I don't have any question about that. That's not what they're saying. But compassion, like, I also think compassion is helpful in this situation for even the person who's putting the knife on the throat of the animal. Cause yes, I understand how you are. And also I understand that maybe out and we, we know this about slaughterhouse workers, they have higher rates of domestic violence. They have high rates of uh, suicide and depression. Yeah. So my compassionate heart wants to make their lives better. And part of that means that like, okay, we're going to help you understand why this is not the best thing. We're going to help you get a new job. We're going to help you uh, work your life. And and that doesn't mean that that should be vegans first goal. But I also think a compassionate vegan is not the one who says, fuck you, fuck your job. A compassionate vegan is like, oh, well, here's here's a job board. Here's how I found work, you know, and it's just a slight change in our hearts. Um, but I think it helps the movement. And I think more than that, for me personally, at least it helps me uh, because yeah, wanting to help is a lot different than like having. I mean, I don't know, man. Wanting to help and finding creative ways to help people out of those situations for the greater good. I understand, but like, I'm with I'm with vegan fans here. They've seen if they've watched Dominion and they're still and they're still doing it. Fuck them. I'm drinking their tears. I don't care. Carnies are the enemy, and I'm. I'm it's so often we use we use the position of the we 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 sympathize with the enemy, and that's often to our detriment we use their language 
We're yeah. using their talking points. Well, it's so annoying. We do it all the time. Here's how I see them. Instead of as the enemy, I see them as uh, pre-allies, if that makes sense, you know? So it's like, I I believe very much in like nature versus nurture. I believe that nurture has a lot to do with it. And when someone has seen the vegan message, they know about the rights violations and they're still not vegan. Part of me wants to chalk it up to the idea that they haven't had the same experiences in their life than I have that have led that led me to be a vegan person. And it's the collection of all the different experiences that I've had. And if someone else hasn't had those same experiences, then I have, you know, I, I, I like to, cause otherwise I'm just going to be like, fuck everybody. And I'm going to start a little utopian commune. Um, but, but my goal is to actually like change them into allies, you know? Yeah, I get that. Can we do, um, I wanted to show you guys the, hold on a second. The, um, yesterday the the formula one did you see what happened in the formula one there were protesters oh yeah i saw this yeah so in beverly hills uh miami new york video footage of photos plead in plead in during the live stream all right so uh in las vegas viewers and attendees netflix cup golf event this is the PGA, the F- F1 cut ties with the Iditarod, okay? So the idea is that they're, they're protesting this. This lovely lady right here is actually uh, one of Joseph's friends. And she, hey. was, she was tackled by none other than that Burke the Machine guy. You know that that comedian? I don't. That's funny, though. He was like, he was in the golf tournament and he tackled the protester. Yeah, he, t- he tackled her. Yeah. What a dumbass. He's such you a know? piece of shit, yeah. It's like, honestly you're gonna you're opening yourself up to potential lawsuit when you do that you know yeah, anybody who I does that just step back and let it let it happen tough guy you know like uh what's his name burke is it burke uh the machine i want to who's the comedian who's the bert is he bert like a joe Kreischer. rogan guy oh uh, yeah no yeah he burt Kreischer. he burt Kreischer. he was he did a, a show with bill burr for a while yeah called the bill burt podcast and uh i never really liked him no he's a piece of shit stops woman protester at netflix yeah i mean in the new york post the, of course the first one that comes up is new york post stops woman uh protester at yeah beginning of netflix cup in las vegas went on air on tuesday the comedian could be seen making a beeline to a stop a woman who was protesting from interrupting the event wait you're telling me that comedian burt kreiser rushed and got out of his way to assault a woman rushed and assaulted this tiny woman burt kreiser thwarted a female protester at the netflix cup <laughs> well thank goodness very, burt was on the tackling scene. her yeah, thank God for Bert to, to hinder First Amendment. Yeah, I uh, I like Bill Burr. So his his comedy partner Bill Burr over there, I like him a lot because he's smart, he's funny. He and I've sent him so many messages about being vegan because I'm like, Bill, how are you not vegan yet? You should be. You have all the thoughts of someone who should be. Anyway, it's Bert Kreischer. He is really <laughs> look out! Look out! What a what a hero he is! I mean, he that Bert Kreischer is the kind of man who's just been waiting for an opportunity to grab a woman. <laughs> look at this guy! He he tackles a woman, picks her up, piece of shit. Bert Kreischer, 
another person that we should all be uh, mm -hmm. going cowards, says Karina V. Yeah, a, a hundred pound woman. Yeah. Oh, here's the thing. If she you have to assess the situation. Is this a person that's just standing there yelling with a sign? Do that all day. I'm not security. Uh, you know, if is this a person who's who's posing an imminent threat? Then maybe yeah, Bert, do that. But he was acting yeah, it, as it, if she was posing a threat. When she yeah, was acting just, like he was what a, what a, what a tough guy. If she had an AK-47 or an AR-15, would he be would he be rushing towards the woman? No, but it, because it's a small woman, he thought I could do something about this. Piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. Yeah, and it was funny because I did watch that. And um, when they first, it was a man and a woman with their signs and the man got taken down immediately by another yeah. man. Did you see that? Yeah. And it's yeah, like, yeah. it's interesting because it's like, I think that women have a certain power in actions like this because people, people don't are, want to commit violence against them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, and especially white women, you know, whenever I see a white woman who stands up at some fancy ass gala event and calls someone out on camera for being an animal abuser, I'm like, yes, use that power that you have to get yourself into those situations. And then they're going to gently escort you out. Um, and they're merely asking that the F formula one, the, the formula one cut tides to Iditarod. It's not that big of an ask. Hey, formula one, the, the parent company of formula one, Please cut ties to Iditarod, which thousands of dogs are being murdered because of this stupid race that's been going on for far too long. People are like, well, there's not that many dogs in the race. Sky, come on. It's because the breeding facilities in order. Have you seen the breeding facilities for the Iditarod? It's fucking disgusting. One like, dog would be too many. And that's why I one think dog it's would a, be too many. And yeah. it's a symbolic thing. And, uh, you know, it's everything's a symbolic thing, but the real, not the real problem, but what the Iditarod is, is it's like, it's an idea that people can get behind. We can sympathize and empathize with these dogs. And then it's like, we're laying the groundwork for people to also empathize with other non-human animals. Totally and agree. That stuff is so important. It's what we're doing at the pressure campaign and kindness town and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and I got to mention it. Uh, I'm doing a crowdfunding campaign. Thank you for sharing about kindness town. Uh, yes. it's on my Instagram. If you go to Jess McKay puppets on Instagram or even kindness town Instagram, you'll find a link in the bio. Um, we would love your support. Sesame street gets tens of millions of dollars in donations every year. And that's an organization that promotes animal abuse. Now we are hoping to be a counter to that. And we're asking for a very modest sum. Um, and it's it's a reasonable number. It's We're asking for $10,000 and this money is gonna go towards building the set. It's gonna go towards getting feeding people on set, getting insurance, uh, making the costumes. It's gonna go towards paying for the music. It's gonna go towards editing. There's a lot of expenses. Producing a world-class yeah. world puppet show to for a vegan message that's all exactly it's, it's production costs a lot of money it's not a it's not a ten thousand dollars is minuscule compared and to what these others are using yes i'm not paying myself you know sky you're working as a producer on this you're not getting paid fanny's not getting i'm not getting paid, paid? Uh, no, I mean, nobody's getting paid. Uh, the people who are getting paid, for example, there is someone who recorded one of our vocalists at his mm -hmm. studio. The, the engineer got paid because he's just, you know, they're recording vocals. Yeah. Sometimes you have to just hire someone to do a Some job. Some people are not volunteering, right? Some people are not volunteering and that's yes. okay. You know, we can't ask everybody. I wish I could. I wish there were enough vegans out there that I could find a great vegan production designer. But, uh, you know, instead Fanny and I are going to be building the set 
uh, in our apartment with with some other people. Man, I'm trying to decide how we're going to do this whole thing because no matter what, 10,000 is like, definitely I can do this, no problem. I want to do an LED background. Mm -hmm. If we don't even get any more donations than the over $400 we already have, this thing is still happening. We're going to be yeah. filming it in the well, next It's, it's underway. Like it's yeah. happening. We just need some of the, we need the, the heft of it, right? I mean, it's it's already begun, and it's it's the, the wheels are turning. We need the fuel to get the rocket off of planet Earth. I got it. Yeah, Thanks, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. Please, if you can't if you can't support it, please share the GoFundMe link. Karina just put it into the chat. Um, today in history, we don't need to go over all of it, but it's Rommel's birthday. Do you know who Rommel was? Oh, the the Nazi guy. Well, yeah, he was a Nazi. Yeah, yeah, he was a Nazi. You can't take that away. That's true. But he was also a brilliant tank commander in Africa. He was like a uh, one of the uh, widely considered one of the greatest generals of all time. Um, he's, you know, Erwin Rommel. Yeah, was, uh, was he vegan? He, he was not vegan. No. Does no. that guy look vegan to you? <laughs> that guy does not look vegan. Uh, Georgia <laughs> looks like she Joe might be. Keith. Yes, so Santa Fe artist Georgia O'Keefe, it's her birthday. I don't think she was vegan. What do you think? Was Georgia O'Keefe vegan? wasn't. That's the thing. A hundred years from now, they're going to be able to look back at people of the of our time and point at us and say we were vegan. But most of these people, vegan was not on their radar. No. <clears throat> it says that she loved vegetables and she could eat spinach three times a day, times a day, but she was not vegan. She liked Mexican food. She lived in Santa Fe. <clears throat> she yeah. loved enchiladas. Yeah, um, what are you gonna do? Who's Alex? Who's uh, Alex uh, August Krogh? No idea. Alex Krogh is a zoo physiologist, Nobel laureate, mechanism of regulation of the capabilities and skeletal muscles. Wow! So he definitely opened up some animals, no doubt about that. But he won the Nobel Prize. I feel like a lot of the important work that almost needed to be done for biology has like been done. Does that make sense? Like, I almost don't blame, you know, people from 400 years ago for cutting open animals because it's like, well, we got, let's figure this out. Let's see what's going on. Well, it's kind of like I don't blame the people who were um, who cut open people back then either. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff that but that's like the ignorance of the past is not exactly justification yeah. for doing it in the future. Like, I, I, I try to take a lot of people as their as their. Um, product of their times and all that other bullshit but i mean they're dead what's the what's the use of holding them accountable for today right now what can we do about today speaking I, about I, that can i can i talk about the crimes of the past uh in in relation to the coins we used yeah. to have lady liberty on our coin now we have george washington on our coin and george washington was a slave owner and there's people in in our country who use these coins who have a very strong history that's tied right into that. So I think we need to get slave owners off of our coinage and off of our money in the United States. Even though they were these founding fathers, I think we need to move past that because that historical injustice is such a blight on their reputation forever. Forever, we just can't. You know, we can't have them on our on our coins. Even um, George Washington, slave owner for sure. And you want to take him out of there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Fuck it. I don't give a shit. I don't. I don't care about George Washington. <laughs> no but way. Like... We have. We're America. We have so many better people who we could put on our money. Let's put Martin Luther King on our on our quarter. 
You know what I mean? Who was the who is who do they want to put? I uh, the cage. I know why the cage bird sings. Um, my Angelou. My Angelou. Yeah, she, she is on the quarter. She's on the quarter. I haven't seen one of those quarters yet. Yeah, I'll save you one. I've been collecting them, but she's oh, really? on the um, George Washington's on one side and my Angelou's on the other. Yeah, I, I think that's beautiful. That that's kind of the history of America: a slave owner on one side and uh, a, a you know a, a civil rights leader on the other. I think they are doing an American Women's series on the quarters right now. So we have like Eleanor Roosevelt, Anna Mae Wong. We have um, just all sorts of uh, influential. Yeah, I'm Bessie always Coleman. into. The truth is, by the time we get around to changing the coins and shit, cash will be a thing of the past, right? I mean, like, how? Why are we still using cash? It's it's idiotic. But um, like cylindrical, like you know, smashed metal discs and uh, rectangular piece of paper make no sense to me. But uh, you know, I do agree that if why not? Why are we worshiping the past in such a way? Like, why is George Washington so important to us? when it's all just bullshit anyway it's all lies but i don't know george washington george washington has this sort of like mythical status yeah exactly and it's like you know how like a lot of people like they feel comfortable because they have this idea of god as this like man who's watching over them and everything's going to be okay i think that's what george washington has become in like the mythos of the united states it's like, oh, he was the founding father. He had it figured out. We're good because George Washington set us off on the right track. And <laughs> it's like, sure, he 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 did some interesting and good things for, you know, the creation of our country, right? But also, yeah. let's, you know, that was a long time ago. Let's move on. We can we can we can that's not what we're all about. We can and I think the ideal of America, you'd think that the founding fathers would just be like, yeah, don't put us on the money. Let's let's keep it current. Let's do Totally. I, I think that we put him on the money because, well, I mean, okay. There's one thing about George Washington that I really, really hold on to, which is they asked him to be king. And he's like, we didn't go through all this trouble to have another king. I won't be king. There's no, we cannot ever have a king. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, because, exactly. And he probably talked a lot of smack against kings in his life. It'd be like me becoming a landlord. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like here, here, Jess, it's a whole apartment building. You can have it and you can be the landlord. It can be your passive income. I would take that apartment building and probably sell off the apartments to to people to live in because mm-hmm. I don't think being a landlord is cool. And it's the same with George Washington. He's like he's, he's his whole thing is about being anti king. And then they're like, you want to be our king? Um, but, but that's great. You're right. That is something that should be, uh, he's, he, he believes something. And when he has the opportunity to take advantage of a situation, he still holds true to his values. And he also, and he also, when he had two, he was the only president ever elected unanimously and he was elected twice unanimously and they wanted him to go for a third term. He said, no, America has to be made not by, by career politicians, but by people who join the ranks of the of of the politi- of the political bodies and then go back to the farm and do their jobs go back to work it can't be just doing go this go back to Martha's vineyard and have yes. a netflix deal where you promote animal abuse to children yes exactly go back to doing that and stop being a politician. Like the, he was against career politicians. He was against parties. So I really feel like, damn, fucking George Washington. Oh, fuck him. Yeah. 
who cares? It's just another stupid old dead guy. But still, there's something you're right about the mythology of George Washington that it's like it's hard for me to just like. Oh yeah, on, yeah. I'm a futurist. I want people in the future to be on. I want. Uh, I like. I like what they did in Germany and Europe. And no, in Europe they used. Uh, um, bridges and buildings that looked vaguely European but weren't of any country. They could not be real. They had to be fake. And it's unbelievable what they went through to design the money for the Euro. It's all European looking but none of it is actually real. Yeah. Really cool. Um, Last thing about birthdays though. (laughs) Let's see if any of these birthdays uh, catch your eye. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What do you think about these guys? Okay, Randy, Randy Savage. Savage. Oh yeah, I'm gonna snap into a Slim Jim. He saw he he sold a lot of uh, pork products. Is Shailene Woodley vegan? Who's who's Annie Freed Linkstead? I don't know who any of these people are, but Annie Freed Linkstead looks fun. She does look fun. She looks like she's a who is she? Annie Freed Linkstead, songwriter and princess. A princess and a songwriter. Oh, she's yeah. an ABBA. She's an oh, ABBA. Oh, dancing queen. Wait, 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 wait. Do you think she became a princess after she became famous in ABBA, or was she already a princess who She's became a pop star? I think I she know. was already a princess. I think she was a wow. a Norwegian princess. I think that's She's... how she, yeah. Okay. I think that's who she was. I don't know. Frida. All right, great. <laughs> we now you know Frida. Uh, but what about Shailene Woodley? She's famous, and she is she an actor? Yeah, she was in Fault in Our Stars and Divergent. I didn't see those ones. You didn't see Fault in Our Stars? There's a horrible scene where they climb to the top of the um they climb to the top of the Anna Frank house and someone slow claps because they kiss each other. Mm. She I remember her from The Descendants. I like that film a lot. Yeah, that was good. She was good in that. Anyway, no, she's not vegan. I'm not a vegan, but if I eat meat, it's only organic. Oh, great. Shailene Woodley, you're a piece of shit. I don't beat kids, but when I do, it is with an organic club. Oh, I like that. An organic club. Well, welcome to the organic club, everybody. I have to get packed and getting out of here. So I'm going to say goodbye to you, and I'm going to do the um, affirmation, and then um, I'm going to drive to Irvine. What do you say? Uh, Say hi to Karina for me. Hi, Karina. Uh, You all are the best, and thanks for having me. Thank you, Jess McKay, everybody. Thank you, Jess. All right, Jess is out of here. We are going to do the affirmation. The affirmation is oddly very uh, in line with what we were already saying. If you're not vegan, by the way, uh, now's your time to GTFO. The haters are my motivators. There's always going to be someone against what I have to say. But their naysaying and contrarianism motivates me to be a better advocate for my ideas and for the movement. Those who disagree are precisely who necessitates this movement and my involvement in it. Let the haters be your motivators today, vegans. They're the reasons why we, they're the reason why we have to do this. They're the reason why we are out there becoming better advocates every day. They're the reasons, hopefully, why you're watching this show. They motivate you to use words like chimera. They motivate you to look into the past and realize that, um, that the world is changing rapidly and that you are affecting that change. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate all of you so, so much. Thank you, especially to Ben G who uh, dropped a penny in the bucket. And thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers, all of our channel members, and anyone who has helped the GoFundMe. 
please help Jess and me create an awesome, um, an awesome puppet puppet movement show, a puppet show that is for the movement. Thanks, everybody. It's so hard to not abuse animals. Colonies can fuck themselves. Go fuck themselves. This is a shot of all vegans. Guys, wish me luck to drive. We're going on a long drive today. Illegitimate non-coverendum. Don't let the bastards grind you down because I need you. We need each other and the aminals definitely need you. I appreciate you guys very much for helping me make my dream come true of being a full-time activist and being out here on the road and, and uh, hopefully advocating the as best I can, learning to be the best advocate I can be. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>